I think back around vision, and it brings me back to 1855. And I love walking through our display case and seeing Reverend Graves and that picture of a determined visionary. And if you think of what the company was established as, where he had a vision that everybody in the South needed a copy of the Bible. And that's a pretty bold vision if you think about it. And the story goes that he had to smuggle the plates across the Union lines. And at one point, it was actually in such jeopardy that he moved the company headquarters from Nashville to Memphis. And then after the war, moved back to Nashville and had a vision that every young person after the war needed a job. And so in 1868, we actually started supplying jobs to young people Can you imagine what that was like selling before the light bulb and your customers would line up at a train station and you would have pallets of books and sitting there checking off at the train station, handing your customers their books? I think there's been a guiding light at Southwestern Family of Companies since 1855 to today. We're international all over the world and truly making an impact that matters. And I think the vision is the most important thing that's helped us get through both world wars, through the Great Depression. It's the reason we're the oldest company in Nashville, Tennessee. We're the oldest and longest standing direct sales company in America. And if you said, how in the world do you get that? And I get this question often from people all over the world. I really think it is the power of our vision. So when you think of the power of your vision, How do you uh, process what your vision is and how powerful your vision for your life is? And I often think of this quote, your endurance is in direct proportion to the strength of your vision. And so the endurance, isn't that an interesting word? I I was on a conference call the other day and talking with a group of leaders. We were making some, some changes and one of the leaders said, This is the right decision. I completely agree. And I know this is what is the the right call. However, I'm just tired. And I remember hearing that and I didn't say this, but what went through my head was, well, do you need to take a nap? And then we can talk after you're not tired. Because saying the words, I'm tired, is that a literal thing or is that a figurative thing? Most of the time, it's more a vision problem. And a lot of times people don't pair that up in their mind the way they could. And so when you think of your endurance and having to do a job, is your vision directly what you feel like you're living into every day and does it fuel you? Or do you feel like it's just getting waves of having to show up every day just because it's a job or a paycheck? And sometimes people can outrun their vision and they don't even know that they've done it. So you set a goal, you hit your goal, some of you, it might, your goal might have been getting your job. And it's like, all right, I got a secure job. I'm here. I'm, I'm making a certain amount of money. Um, my family is a, is a vision. So I got my family where I wanted them to be, whatever the vision is. Then you hit it and you don't realize that your mind has gone into complacency mode and said, okay, I'm, I'm there. Now what's next? So what area of my life can I apply this to? So that's the question. So you might have a really solid vision at one area of your life, but what area do you know that this could be applied to as we go through the five steps of vision mastery of going, I could have a more solid motivational 
vision around this one specific area of my life. So you have your career, you have your health, you have your relationships. So pick an area if that's something that helps hone your mind into this part. So there are five steps to vision mastery. You have your vision baseline, step number one. Step number two, vision casting. Step number three, vision manifesting. Step number four, vision mapping and tracking. And step number five, vision boarding. So let's start with vision baseline. I love living in Nashville where it's a growing, booming city, driving by all of the skyscrapers that are being built. And have you guys noticed as you're driving by a skyscraper being built, what is it that takes the longest amount of time when building a new skyscraper? The foundation, the digging. Isn't that interesting? Months go by where they're just digging and digging and digging that foundation. Why do they spend so much time digging that foundation? Without it, it ain't gonna stand. Think of that. What if they did not do that? What if building a skyscraper, they didn't spend the time, they didn't make the effort to dig and make sure that there is the proper amount of foundation and all they did was they put a slab and they built a skyscraper on top of it. Bye-bye skyscraper. So many of us, that's what happens to our vision. We don't take the time to dig the foundation. We have a dream, we have a goal, and we say, that's what I'm going to do. And it's like building a skyscraper on a, a piece of pavement. And we don't have the foundation to when the winds blow, it causes the building to stay. So what is the baseline for your vision? You need to ask yourself some real questions and actually do some thinking about why are you here? If you understand why you're doing what you're doing, it doesn't even matter what you're doing. You will feel more fulfilled. You will have more energy. You'll have more satisfaction in life because you know why you're doing what you're doing. People are ships floating through the ocean without a sail or a rudder. Your vision is your GPS. Your vision is your sail and your rudder. Your vision is what propels you and lets you know if you're on track or not. And yet not taking the time to think, why am I doing what I'm doing? And it's a life of reactiveness, if that's the case. We're just reacting to what life gives us versus understanding why I'm here and fulfilling that purpose. The first thing to start with, instead of starting at the deepest question, is to start with the most granular thing to consider. And I bet you have some answers to to these questions. Step number one, answer this question and make a list of 10 characteristics of the type of person you want to be. That's the most important part of your vision. Or 10 characteristics of the person you want to keep being, but you're going to affirm, this is the type of person I am, and I'm going to be more like. Here's another way to put it. If you were to die and you could listen to people describe you at your funeral, how would you want them to describe you at your own funeral? And I know that's a crazy way to think about it, but all of a sudden that gets it to be real. And sometimes that's where people might get a little emotional because sometimes we're not being the type of person we want to be. And by doing an exercise like that, it creates a vision in your mind. So vision is living into a future that doesn't exist yet. That is vision. You're visioning, you're envisioning something that is happening into the future. So it doesn't have to be, this is just, this is who I've been. This is how I've always been. And you're not living in the past when you're creating a vision. When you're creating a vision, you're saying, no, this is the kind of person I'm going to keep being for the rest of my life. 
and this is my vision of myself. So make a list of 10 things of the characteristics of the type of person you want to be or be more like. It could be kind, caring, responsible, loyal, adjectives. That's the most important part of your vision. Next, after that, sequentially, would be what do you want to do? So make a list of 10 things that you're actually, literally going to do. That's a vision for your life. Not something that you're, that you've already done. Something not, not that you're doing now. Something you're going to do. And this is where you need to start thinking big. Like expand your mind. Like what would be epic? If you did this, you would blow your own mind. You'd be like, man, if I could do this, it would just stretch me. What would that be? The reason people do epic things, do you think they do epic things on accident? No, they're planning it. They're saying, I have a vision for myself. I'm going to do this. They write it down, just like you're now going to do, and they make a decision, I'm going to do it. It might happen in a year. It might happen in five years. It might happen in 10 years. But when they do it, you think they get pumped up when they do it? It's like they just, I mean, it's a highlight. It's a pinnacle of their life. So when was the last time you made a decision? You're going to do something. I promise you it will create energy for yourself when you make a list of 10 things you're going to do. Once you have that, the last one and the least important, but it still is important and it still is motivational, is what do you want to have? Making a list of 10 things you're going to have actually can fuel you into a vision for the future. So there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, I want to get out of debt. That's actually a really good thing. Saying I want to buy my dream home is a good thing. It's not selfish to say I want to buy a house. That's that's like a cool motivational thing. Saying you want your dream car, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not as important as who you're wanting to be and what you're going to do. It's still motivational. It's just not as important as be and do. But still having a list of 10 things that you're going to have is very much a vision that will drive you to to do things that you didn't think were possible. So that's where you start. So make a list of 10 things you want to be, 10 things you want to do, 10 things you want to have. And that kind of gets the wheels turning a little bit more in the granular for your vision of, of getting started. Then once you've got that rolling, the next question to ask yourself is the deeper philosophical one. It actually, you'll never answer this question until you ask yourself the question. And I find most people have gone through their whole life without stopping to just say, why am I on the planet Earth? When you really get honed in on why you're here, you can make decisions towards that. You can decide what not to do, and you can decide what you should do based on why you're on the planet Earth. And what the heck, you only live once. You know, the worst thing to do is die and then not figure this out and go, well, that would have been good to think about. And so why not take a minute and just kind of think through what's my destiny? And it's interesting. Everybody's is different. Everybody is a whole different collection of strengths mishmashed together. And every person in this room is superior to somebody else in this room at something. Have you ever thought of that? You're better than probably everybody in this room at something. And that there's no one person that's better at everything than anybody at everything. The more you expand your mind to accepting you have strengths and you can use those strengths to fulfill a destiny, it doesn't matter what you do. Uh, one of my friends is in the trash business and he loves being in the trash business and he owns it and he loves it and he is fulfilling his destiny being a trash man. 
It doesn't matter what you do. When you understand your destiny, you can fulfill any calling through any work at all. We're in America. I mean, go to another country and, and if you need a dose of gratitude to think through any job we have in America is probably 10x what would be outside of America. And so just thinking through what is our destiny? And, and then all of a sudden your job becomes less important and what you do becomes more important. Every interaction becomes more important. You're not doing tasks. You're serving a calling. That's vision. A lot of times people think you need to climb a mountain and have this like moment where all of a sudden angels descend from heaven and the burning bush says, this is what you should do. And that's not really how it works. I think that you have your destiny revealed through people. I think through action is when you figure out what you're made of. Through action, you figure out what your talents are. Through interactions with humans, there's things that are spoken over you. And, and it's not just sitting there idle thinking about something that causes your destiny to be revealed, but it's through activity and just doing what you do every single day with passion, with enthusiasm, with thankfulness and gratitude that all of a sudden your destiny just becomes evident. But you have to kind of keep asking the question, what's my purpose? And the more you're doing and interacting, it just rises to the surface. And it actually happens through the activity. It's just through what you're doing every day that it gets revealed. And sometimes it takes a while. It's more just this is the, the seed being planted. And if you're willing to water it for long enough, a sprout might shoot up. Step two, vision casting. Once you have the most important part down, then and only then do you want to cast your mind into the future of how big do you want this to be? So imagine going back to the skyscraper. How many stories are you going to have on the skyscraper? And everybody's different. So it's okay if you want a nice one-story building and it's this really cool shop that has really cool things on it. Awesome. Or if you want to build the biggest tower that's ever been built and that's what you're going for. Awesome. Creativity in terms of the building you build is up to the artist. However, the longevity that you're willing to punt it out in your mind the likelihood of it happening exponentially goes up if you can create a mind, a vision in your mind's eye as far out as you can allow your mind to take it. What if you set a vision five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years into the future? How big could that be? What could you accomplish? And it's interesting. When you create compelling goals and have a vision for your life that inspires you and others, it fuels everybody around you. So this is a litmus test. Take everything that we just talked about and you you have written down or are going to write down and share it with somebody very close to you. And you're going to get one of two responses. One response is going to be, huh, that's interesting. So do you want to watch The Bachelorette? Or if they go, wow, that sounds amazing. Tell me more. Now you have something that actually is igniting excitement in other people and people will rally around that vision and help you get there if they're the right kind of person. Don't share your vision with people that, that also can't help you get there because they'll want to tear you down. Have you ever noticed that when you share exciting goals with negative people who they personally don't have visions for themselves? How do they react to it? Have you ever seen what happens when you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket and they try to get out? None of the crabs get out. They pull each other down. 
So don't share your vision with crabs. Think of sharing your vision with eagles that are going to help you soar. And there might be an eagle that can help you soar higher and farther when you share that vision. So let's start with the easiest one, one year. One year from today, what is your life going to look like? What's going to be different about your life now than it was yesterday, a year from today? And this is what's interesting. The more work you're able to put into your mind's eye of what you want your life to look like a year from now, it will be eerily accurate to what your mind's eye allows you to see yourself look like. I mean, it'll freak you out the more you actually practice this and you start writing it out and you actually create vision boards of what we're going to talk about here in a minute. You'll look at it, you'll go, it looks exactly like this. I think your mind's eye is more powerful than your literal eye. Think of that. Like we think our eyes are probably pretty important to have. (laughs) You're probably pretty appreciative that you can see. Your mind's eye, you should be more appreciative of if you know how to use it. That's probably the most underutilized body part that we have, that if you learn how to tap into your mind's eye, it's more valuable than being able to see with your eyeballs. Five years. What's your life going to look like five years from now? Where are you going to be? Who are you going to be with? What are you going to be doing? Again, the ability you allow your mind to expand five years down into the future, the more accurate it's going to be. Ten years. Here's what's interesting. I've been testing this as case studies with all the different leaders and people that I'm meeting with. You can do almost anything if you give yourself 10 years to do it. I'm talking changing industries, changing legislation. You can do a lot if you give yourself a 10-year ramp, almost anything. And I've been really playing around with this. I've thought of lots of examples. Think of technology, the iPhone. Apple and uh, Steve Jobs, give Steve Jobs 10 years and he changes the world. 30 years, you can do anything. If you give yourself 30 years, I think of people like Nelson Mandela and reading his biography, you can change an entire country in 30 years. If you have a long-term vision and you can stay focused for 30 years, it's actually more scary what you can do. Your mind will fight the power that's within you when you realize how you can harness your vision for 30 years, what you can accomplish. Step three is vision manifesting. And this is really where the actual work starts to happen. This is the part that I think people think is magic, but it actually is technically something every single person can do when you decide this is how I'm going to do it. And it just comes from the reality that you live into in your life is the reality you're creating for yourself, whether you like it or not. So if your life is awesome, congratulations. If your life is not awesome, congratulations. There are circumstances that happen, but you'll find the people that have what they would consider awesome lives typically have very similar circumstances. They've just dealt with them differently and get through them faster. Sometimes there are like crazy circumstances that, that alter, but, but even with that, even as I say it, I'm thinking of about three different examples where I'm just like, whoa, but they still have awesome lives because how they react to the wildest situations you could think of. You're always manifesting the reality you're living into. I think of this person when I think of the, the person I personally know that manifested reality better than any human that I personally have met is Spencer Hayes. Spencer was dyslexic 
Spencer was not the most academic in the world. He was not the most athletic person in the world, but yet somehow he got a college scholarship and played basketball. Somehow he ended up being a billionaire. Uh, somehow he, he changed the face of, of Southwestern. We were a small little, I think we were doing less than $7 million when Spencer joined the team. And it was like just a ragtag bunch of people that were just like going out there making it happen. Spencer personally recruited 1,700 people. I mean, what, the, what did that do for our company? If you think of the lineage, we're all in his lineage. He's like Father Abraham. It's like, you know, uh, and so, uh, I, and, and it was purely because he decided this is what my life's going to look like. He grew up in the Great Depression. He had to borrow money from his grandmother to drive from Texas to Nashville to make it to sell school. He wasn't given anything. He manifested the reality that he lived into. The guy went, before he died, he gave away $400 million worth of art to the Orsay in France. And he came from nothing. What's the difference between Spencer and anybody else? Vision. So you can break it down, and I think Spencer did this very well, into your spiritual reality, your family reality, your career reality, your friend reality, your personal reality. When you think of this list, you have to be intentional about every one of these. It's never a balanced lifestyle. It's always what you're choosing to imbalance in order to do what you're supposed to do, and then you rebalance. And it's all seasons. Everybody's in a season all the time. And the more you realize what season you're in, the better, the more sane you can be. Because the reality is you're never going to do all this at the same time, but you'll manifest what you choose to put your effort into. And it's that way with every area of your life. And the more you own that one thing, it will completely change your life. Number four is you have to map it and track it. So when you take something that's important to you, that's a vision for your life, and you're willing to reverse engineer the activity that it takes to get there, that's when a dream becomes a vision. So without a a plan, a goal is a dream. Without a plan, a daily activity-based plan on how you're going to get to where you want to go, you're dreaming. And there's a lot of dreamers out there. There's a lot of talkers out there. There's a lot of people talking about what they're going to do one day, someday. They could have, should have, would have at the end of the day. And there's all these reasons why they didn't do it. And when that paradigm shifts and it starts to become a reality and it would fit into our definition of a vision is when you can show me on a piece of paper your daily activity plan of what you're going to do tomorrow, what activity you're going to do tomorrow that's going to take you one baby step closer towards that 30-year vision. And when you can show me that piece of paper and you can show me the way a golf a golfer would show you a scorecard and say, hey, I'm improving my golf game. I'm going to win the PGA 30 years from now. And here's my card from the game I played yesterday. Yeah, it's it's awful, but at least I can show you my scorecard. Then I'll believe you're on you're on the track to actually winning the PGA because at least you can show me your awful scorecard. And then the next day it could be a little bit better and the next day it could be a little bit better. But until you're willing to keep score, good luck winning the PGA. Then you map it out and then you punt your mind down the road. So that one year, five year, 10 year, 30 years. I've personally coached multiple billionaires. I've I've personally coached two different people that are billionaires as their coach. You know the difference between a billionaire and a millionaire? 
or the difference between a millionaire and somebody who's not a millionaire, they have the ability to lock in their mind on a long-term goal and not lose focus. So many people lose focus. We're in a world full of ADD. Everybody, it's better to ask who doesn't have ADD than ask who does have it. I was diagnosed with ADD in college and given Adderall as a prescription and uh, had to wean myself off of it and, and learn how to not label myself as that and, and deal with it. And the world conditions us. I mean, how, how long is everybody's attention span these days? How long can people go without looking at their phone? Focus is a muscle. Focus is something that if you choose as a goal, I'm going to be one of the most focused, present people in my sphere of influence. If that's the only thing you chose to do, watch what happens to the rest of your life. What if you were able to do that with every area of your life as you proverbially put the phone away and you don't let your mind drift off on telling you what you can't do and all you focus on is what you can do? Can't is an interesting word. It's the most important thing that you uh, actually can control is what you allow your mind to say what you can do and you cannot do. And we believe in this so much at the Hillis family. We have a thing called the Hillis family rule. And if you were to ask my daughter what the Hillis family rule is, she would tell you, well, actually, that is not something that we should talk about. And and then you're like, well, what does that mean? And it's it's because the rule is you can't say the word can't. So in order for her to tell you that she can't say the word can't, she has to say the word can't. So it's kind of funny how she does it. I would rather her cuss than say, I can't do something. That's how much I believe the importance of you allowing yourself to think you can or you can't do it. You might not know how to do something yet, but if you give yourself enough time and focus, you can figure out anything. Next is you need help. One of the hardest things that humans have in their DNA is it's weird how, how few people have the natural ability to just ask for help and to ask for accountability. But when you're willing to actually have somebody that can help you get there and you tell them your vision, you tell them your goals and you say, I want help to be able to get here. Will you help me? And you actually literally say those words. There is a seismic shift that happens in the world. And people want to help you who can help you, typically. People that have gotten to a level that you want to get to, there's plenty of room on top. Don't talk to one of those crabs that are going to pull you down and say, will you help me? Talk to some, talk to the eagle that's already soaring above the clouds and say, hey, eagle, will you help me get up there? And they'll just pull you right up. Last step is you have to make it into reality. And one of the most tangible things you can do for your vision is create a vision board. How do you do it? Step one is actually, before this step, is everything we just talked about is way more important than creating your vision board. And until you answer all these questions, you're not ready to create a vision board. So that's why I'm not a big fan of things like The Secret. I think it has some really good ideas in it, but the way they talk about it is too general. And they just say, hey, just think about what you want. And then the universe will give it to you. And it shows a guy like walking to his mailbox and he opens up the mailbox and there's money in it. And he opens it up. He's like, oh, I thought about it. I have money, you know. And it's like, you're missing a few steps there, brother. But the idea of a vision board is a good one where once you understand who you want to be, what you want to do, what you want to have, you understand why you're on earth, then and only then 
Do you, and actually they, they used to teach this by using magazines, but now with technology, all you need to do is Google on your cell phone a picture of exactly those things you write down about the person you want to be, the things you want to do, and the things you want to have. And I guarantee you, you will find a picture that's almost exactly what you were thinking about. Have you guys done that before? You just Google, hit images. It's like, oh, there it is. Then what you do is you, um, you can either do a screenshot of it or save it. And, and then I go to the Walgreens app and I physically will send it to Walgreens and print it off and then cut it out and then put it on a vision board. So those are the, the quick steps on building your vision board is to fill up the board and, in any artistic, there is no rules. And this is, this is, this is the only rule. Don't get stuck. Don't stop. Don't be a perfectionist. Don't not do a vision board because it's not artistically the way you want it to look. Slap that puppy on there, get it on your wall, and just get started. You're going to achieve your goal so fast, it's going to blow your mind, and you're going to need another vision board a year from now. Make that one look more pretty. By your fifth vision board, they will look so epically pretty to you that you, you don't need to think about it when you're first getting started. The key is you need one, and you need it to be meaningful, and you need it to be powerful to motivate you. Don't worry about aesthetics, and if you're artistic, go ahead and do whatever you want. But the number one rule is don't stop. And it takes about half a day to actually construct one. So on a Saturday, block it off. Next level is once you've done it, enroll your family. So uh, bring bring a significant other, bring your kids in, and, and you can make it a family project. That's also fun. Share your vision board with the eagles that can help you get there. Include your family. And then put it prominently on display somewhere that actually you have to see every single day that motivates you. So for me, it's in my office. It's prominently displayed. When I'm on the phone, I'm looking at it. And it is something that that fires me up every day. If I have an extra 30 seconds when I walk in before my first meeting, I grab my coffee. I just sit there, think through what's going on, look at the vision board. And it's just, you don't even need anything else. It, if, if you do a vision board the right way, it should be the most motivational thing that you could possibly look at because it's your life. It's the, it's your future. You're looking into the future when you look at a vision board. And when you really start doing this the right way, you'll look back a year from now and, and you'll go, I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. Oh my gosh. I need a new vision board. So it's almost one of those things that you have to redo every year and you get your energy. You get your endurance from your vision. But without it, I'd be thinking about all the things happening to me. And then you go into reaction mode. And then little small problems become big problems. But when your vision's so strong, you don't even realize the, that the problems exist. At the end of the day, the most important thing, once you have your vision, is deciding to have grit. When you decide that you can motivate and harness your emotions and you kill the quit that's in you, that is what causes everything to become reality where you decide, this is my vision, this is my mission, this is what I'm doing, and nothing's going to stop me from fulfilling my purpose. Nothing's going to stop me from fulfilling my destiny. And it's inevitable you're going to want to quit. It's inevitable that at some point in your life that there will be a voice in your head that it'll sound like you're not strong enough to withstand the storm. And it's the rare individual that makes the decision that when that voice enters your head and says, you're not strong enough to withstand the storm, you're not strong enough to keep this vision, you're not strong enough to keep this goal, 
is that when the devil whispers in your ear, you're not strong enough to withstand the storm, you whisper back, I am the storm. Thank you very much.